nourishment before we go out and partake of uh, the earthly nourishment. You know, it's, uh, this is the weekend of the year that we as a nation celebrate our founding. And there were some things kind of underneath all of that movement, some foundational convictions or principles that our forefathers had. Things like uh, belief in freedom, things like a belief in individual rights, things like the right to representation, to be a part of government, and all those kinds of wonderful things. And I think by the centuries that our nation has gone on and what it's emerged into, it's an indication that they built that nation on a very solid foundation. We've been engaged in a series here, trying to make sure that our faith is the solid foundation of our spiritual journey. You know, we've, we've been spending uh, the last number of weeks working through a series that I've called Ground Zero. You know, getting faith right. I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm banking everything on my faith. Not only all of my eternity, but also my experience today of, of my ability to experience today. Everything that God has given me related to life and godliness. You know, Scripture teaches us that God's given us everything that we need related to life and godliness. That all of us can be living a life that's off the charts. We may, under, we may have some challenges about what that means, but our faith is the foundation for living that life and for the certainty of our future. So we've been working through a series, and if you've missed any of these, you can go back and on our website, all of the, ser- the audios from the services are there, and you can also just write a note on your connection card and ask the office to make you CDs if you'd like those, to get those. But we looked at the nature of faith, just to do a little review. And we began with Hebrews 11, and we're going to return to Hebrews 11 today. But we understood that faith involves a an intellectual and a volitional kind of commitment that brings us to a place where we can experience future realities, spiritual realities now. It makes them certain to us. And that's the nature of faith. We've also looked at the importance of faith. We tapped into the shield of faith as an indication for us about how faith plays a role in protecting us and allowing us to experience the kind of movement that God has for us. We, we looked at types of faith. And not all types of faith are good types of faith. And if you remember, we went back and we looked at the experience of Peter as he climbed out of the boat and began to walk across the water to Jesus. And we talked about a limited type of faith. And that's really not the kind of faith that God's trying to give to us. We looked about theoretical faith where we can, we can understand all this stuff, but we never test it. We never climb out of the boat in the first place. Or we can have this unrestricted kind of faith that focuses on Christ, drives away the doubts and the fears and allows us to move out. That's the kind of faith that God's giving us. So we looked at the archetypes of faith. We looked at issues of size. We understood that magnitude really does matter. And if you remember, we talked about the mustard seed and Jesus' criticisms of the disciples having a little faith. And yet Jesus said, if you have faith like a mustard seed, you can tell this mountain to move into the sea. And we understood that a healthy faith, the kind of faith that God's trying to pour into us, is a faith that just springs to life and it keeps growing. And so if our faith is stuck inside size, there's a problem with our faith. And there's a chance for us to go back and look things over. Last week we looked at the issue of the character of faith and how faith seeks to transform us because it is a transforming faith and it's also a confessing faith. But today I want to focus on one issue. And just really one point. But I want to kind of break it down through so you can see the implications of this. And, and I want to talk about the effect of faith. What effect should faith in Christ and God as Creator, having our lives. Now, you can write books and books and books about that. I understand that. 
But what can we use as a tool, a window to look at it through, through to look at our faith and say, do I have the kind of faith that unleashes eternity, that grants me full access to everything that God's given me related to life and godliness? What kind of faith is like? How can I tell as it's impacting my life and changing me? What effect does it have? And, you know, initially I, I was really drawn to the book of James. It would be easy to go and say, you know, faith without works is dead, as James teaches us. And so he said, well, you know, you can, the effect of faith ought to be works. And, 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 and that's true. I'm not, not going to argue with the Scripture at all. It's a very healthy thing to do. And maybe in some ways uh, it's, it's, it's a tremendously profitable study for us to go through. But, but my concern is, that, is I thought about using that terminology from the Scriptures is that there's a lot of people here in, in, in the world that we're a part of, are trying to earn their way into heaven. They say, I believe in God, and then you ask them the question, well, why is it that God should let you into heaven? What's your, what's your access ticket to get through the pearly gates? And they say, well, I try to be a good person. I've tried to do all these works, and, and that's not the basis. The basis of our redemption is grace. God's mercy is transformation with us. So I didn't want to use that language in a way as, as we've been really studying this transforming impact of, of faith. The nature of faith is to transform us. And we've understood that it's an inside-out kind of transformation. That a better word actually to use than works was obedience. Because obedience is an internal as well as an external experience. You know, Jesus, on the last night of his life, he had the 12 disciples gathered in the upper room And he looked them right in the eye and he said, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. If you love me, you'll obey my commandments. So love is the inside part. The obedience is the outside part. It's that inside out kind of transformation. The effect of faith is to make us obedient people. So when we talk about the effect of faith, we're not just talking about behavior management. You know, we're not just talking about works, the stuff that we can do, the things that we can write down on our list. You know, in some ways, that, that actually would probably make us feel better. Because most of us, we'd love to do something great for God. We'd love to do a great work. You know, so they'd post our monument out in front of some large cathedral or whatever and say, this was a saint who helped change the world. You know, that, that, those kinds of works don't really bother us. But when we come to a word like obedience, it sounds so servile, doesn't it? It sounds kind of demeaning. But when Jesus talks in the upper room to the disciples and he talks about the fact that those who love me will obey my commandments, he says that obedience really is a desire as well as a demonstration. It's something that's in us, it's eternal, but it's also something that's demonstrated, that's acted out in our lives. And so I've chosen today to speak more about obedience than works. And and here's the effect of faith as I understand it. And I tried to come up with something cliche-ish, and hopefully this will work for you. But, you know, I came up with Fios, and I'm not a Verizon advocate, all right? But faith instills an obedient spirit. That's the effect. Faith instills an obedient spirit, Fios. And, that, and that's all you need. That's the only tool you need to go look and say, do I have the kind of faith that the Scripture talks about? Because... Faith will instill an obedient spirit. It's something inside that we'll desire, that we'll long for. It's something we want to do. It's also something that will act its way out in our lives. You see, I think as, as, you, you, as you kind of trickle this out just a little further and expand that, the definition of that effect a little further, the effect of faith in our lives, it makes us obedient in every experience, every circumstance, 
every opportunity, every relationship in our lives. Obedient faith affects everything, and there it creates this obedient spirit in all of us. And, and that's why I want to point you back to Hebrews 11 with me. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Hebrews chapter 11 with me. And if you're using one of our Black Pew Bibles, you're going to see our text on page 1022. Hebrews is over towards the back of the, the, the New Testament. So you can go to the back side of the book and start working your way forward. You'll get to the book of Hebrews. Get us on page 1022. I want to pick up with verse 4. I'm going to read the rest of the chapter. And so I invite you to read along silently while I read it aloud for you. And I'm going to go back through and just point out some of the circumstances, some of the experiences, some of the relationships, some of the opportunities in which these people of faith were obedient. And with that, talk to us about how it is that you and I are supposed to have this obedient spirit as a result of our faith in God. Beginning with verse 4. By faith, Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain did. By this he was approved as a righteous man, because God approved his gifts. And though he is, and even though he is dead, he still speaks to this. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not experience death. And he was not to be found because God took him away. For prior to his transformation, he was approved, having pleased God. Now without faith, it's impossible to please God. For the one who draws near to him must believe that he exists, and he rewards those who seek him. By faith, Noah, after being warned about what was not yet seen, in reverence, built an ark to deliver his family. By this he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. By faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed. And he went out to a place he was going to receive as an inheritance. He went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he stayed as a foreigner. He lived out of a suitcase in the land of promise, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, co-heirs of the same promise. For he was looking forward to that city that has its foundations, whose architect and builder is God. By faith, even Sarah herself, when she was barren, received power to conceive offspring. She, she was 90 years old when she conceived Isaac even though she was past the age, since she considered the one who had promised faithful. And therefore, from one man, in fact, from one as good as dead, because Abraham was a hundred at that point, not too many hundred-year-olds who have children, from one as good as dead came offspring as numerous as the stars of heaven and as innumerable as the grains of sand by the seashore. These all died in faith without having received the promises. But they saw them from a distance, greeted them, and confess that they were foreigners and temporary residents on the earth. Now those who say such things make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. They have been remembering that land they came from. They, they would have had an opportunity to return, but, but now they aspire to a better land, a heavenly one. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. By faith Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, who had received the promises, who had, he who had received the promises was offering up his unique son, about whom it had been said, In Isaac your seed will be called. He considered God to be able even to raise someone from the dead, from which he got him back as an illustration. By faith, by faith Isaac, Isaac sorry, blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. By faith Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph, and he worshipped, leaning on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, as he was nearing the end of his life, mentioned the exodus of the sons of Israel and gave instructions concerning his bones. By faith, Moses, after he was born, was hidden by his parents for three months because they saw that the child was beautiful 
and they did not fear the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter and chose to suffer with the people of God rather than to enjoy the short-lived pleasure of sin. For he considered reproach for the name of the Messiah, for the sake of the Messiah to be greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, since his t- attention was on the reward. By faith he left Egypt behind, not being afraid of the king's anger, for he pers- persevered as one who sees him who is invisible. By faith he instituted the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, so that the destroyer of the free- firstborn may not touch them. By faith they crossed the Red Sea as though they were on dry land. When the Egyptians attempted to do this, they were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after being encircled for seven days. By faith, Rahab, the prostitute, received the spies in peace and didn't perish with those who dissipated. And what more can I say? Time is too short for me to tell about Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah and of David and Samuel and the prophets, who by faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched the raging of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, gained strength after being weak, became mighty in battle, and put foreign armies to flight. Women received their dead, raised to life again. Some men were tortured, not accepting release, so that they may gain a better resurrection. And others experienced mockings and scourgings, as well as bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawed in two. They died by the sword. They wandered about in sheepskin and goatskins, destitute, afflicted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts, mountains, caves, and holes in the ground. All these were approved through their faith. But they did not receive what was promised, since God had provided something better for us, so that they would not be made perfect without us. May God add His blessing to the reading of His Word. I'm going to tick through some circumstances, some experiences, some opportunities where faith that instills the obedient spirit should be active. But what I want to tell you, though, up front, and I'm not trying to be harsh, and I know it leads to all kinds of theological discussions about the security of the believer and what does it really mean to have saving faith and all those kinds of things, but I'm going to tell you, if your faith does not produce obedience, it's a fraudulent faith. It's a fake faith. Faith is not just like something we set up on the shelf and we put it aside, but it is an operating system within us that drives how we think, what we feel, and what we do. And we see it in these guys in Hebrews chapter 11, the heroes of faith. And, 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 and he had to cut the list short. He said so right in there. We've seen this at work before. But here, here's what I want you to see, that the effect of faith is this irrepressible, obedient spirit that even when obedience entails great sacrifice, it obeys. Abel was able to offer up a better sacrifice than Cain. Because Abel had an obedient spirit. And even though he, he, took, the, he took the best stuff that he had and he offered it up to God. Not the stuff he could do without. Not the, the stuff that was no good. Not the stuff that was second quality. But he took the best stuff. And even though it involved real sacrifice, he offered it up to God. He was obedient to God. This irres- irrepressible spirit of obedience. You know, the, the stories told about these, these kids who had gotten its gift for, for Christmas one year, uh, a, a Noah's Ark set. So it was a good size, you know, toy, and inside there were all kinds of animals. And so one day they were at church, listened to Sunday school, and they were heard all the ways about the ways that the Israelites would show their love for God by offering up sacrifices. So they thought, well, we should offer up one of our animals out of Noah's Ark. 
So they got all the toys out of the ark and they started looking around and, and they found one that had a broken leg. And they, and they went to their dad and said, we, we want to burn this one to God. That's the way a lot of us work, isn't it? We don't want to take the toys that aren't broken. We only want to take the stuff that's no good anymore. And that's what we... The irresistible spirit of obedience that faith produces is one that, that obeys even when it entails great sacrifice. This next one probably speaks to a lot of us. The effect of faith producing this irrepressible spirit of obedience. And, and we obey even when it makes no earthly sense whatsoever. Verse 7, Noah. You know where Noah was when he built the ark? You know, imagine somebody building it like in Montana. You know, where it's flat. I mean, you're hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of miles from the ocean. And you build an aircraft carrier. I mean, that's what Noah was doing. It made no, absolutely no sense whatsoever. No earthly sense. Noah obeyed. Abraham waited 25 years for God to give him the promise of the chosen heir. And Isaac's born. And about a decade later, give or take it a little bit, God says to Abraham, I want you to go off to this far mountain I'm going to show you, and I want you to offer up Isaac as a sacrifice. Make any earthly sense to you? Here's the one that all of your grandkids and great-grandkids and their grandkids are going to come from, but I want you to go offer him up. And we're going to eliminate him from the equation. Don't mind the fact he's not married yet, doesn't have any kids. Makes no earthly sense. Abraham offered him up. See, you know, this, this effect of faith is it creates this obedient experience no matter even in those moments when it makes no earthly sense whatsoever. Even when it's a kind of obedience that's an enduring type of obedience. Where it's, pain, where it's just painstaking in its consistency and constancy and the enduring, ongoing nature of it. You know, Enoch walked with God and was taken up. It, it wasn't just a short season. It was all of Enoch's life that he walked with God and, and earned the approval of God and God took him up. Some of us are ready to gear up for a couple of months' worth of obedience, but don't ask me to do a lifetime of it. But the effect of faith is an obedient spirit that endures. It's an obedience that even occurs when it involves incredible risk. When Joshua led the people of God across the, Jer- across the Jordan River and they attacked Jericho, a heavily fortified city, as we read in verse 30, it was a great risk. When Moses left the flocks that he had been tending when he, after he had fled Egypt and went back into Egypt, he did so at great risk. He confronted Pharaoh with great risk. In verse 34, about when it talks about the furnace, it's referring to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and where they, where they defied the king's order and they were thrown into a furnace that had been heated up seven times higher than it ever was before. It was a great risk. The effect of faith... Biblical faith spurs on obedience within us even when it involves incredible risk. Maybe risk in the form of ridicule. Biblical faith has the effect on us that it causes us to be obedient even when the difficulty, the hardship, can be beyond description. You know, we read through that. We, we love the first part of Hebrews chapter 11. But when it gets over to the latter verses, when we get to verse like 35... It says some men were tortured, not accepting released, so they may gain a better resurrection. And others experienced mockings and scourgings, as well as bonds and imprisonments. They were stoned. The reference that we think there is to, to Jeremiah, that he was actually stoned by those he was prophesying to very late in his prophetic life. The reference there to being sawn in two, there is a, 
Sodom too, there's a, a legend that comes to us from antiquity that Isaiah, after he had been taken out, that, that they literally sawed him in two while he was still alive because he would not recant his faith in God. You know, sometimes when we get into hardship, we say, where's God gone? But biblical faith has the effect on us, on making us obedient and having an obedient experience, having desire, really wanting to be obedient, even though it's hard beyond description. Even when it can be filled with bone-crushing grief, like these women who had lost their children and they, they were raised to life again. And both of those, re- that reference comes out of both the life of Elijah and Elisha. You know, it even causes us to be obedient, even when obedience is full of all kinds of uncertainty. God called Abraham, sent him off on a journey, and he went off to a land. Well, he didn't know where he was going. (laughs) You know, he's uncertain. There's a lot of uncertainty in that, didn't it? I mean, and look at verse 8. But Abraham, when he was called, obeyed and went out to a place he was going to as an inheritance. He went out not knowing where he was going. And I call that uncertainty, don't you? See, the effect of, of real faith, of biblical faith, not fraudulent faith, not fake faith, but the kind of faith that really allows God to pour all of this stuff that He's given us related to life and godliness, it produces, it instills an obeying spirit that is unconquerable and unquenchable, that's irrepressible. And that's exactly what Paul means in Philippians 4.13. Many of us love to quote the verse, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And somehow or another, we think we're one of the, you know, the incredible four or whatever, the fabulous four or whatever it is. We can, we can pick up a car and throw it to Kentucky. That's not what it means. You know, you read it in context, and Paul says, whether I got a little bit, whether I'm starving to death, or whether my plate is full, I've learned to be content. What he's saying is, is no matter what circumstance of life I am in, Christ has equipped me to obey. So I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Is that the kind of, is that how you would describe your faith today? If not, make the commitment to do so. Let's pray together. Father, the vast majority of us are gathered here this morning because we want the real type of faith. We haven't set aside a part of a holiday weekend to come out to your house of worship to have your truth taught so that we can just put up with and tolerate or be content with a, a fake or an incomplete type of faith. But God, our movement to real, genuine, biblical faith takes great alignment. There may not be many of us, there may not be any of us here this morning going to say, I can do all things, all things, through Christ who strengthens me. But God, your faith working this out, way out in our lives can create that irrepressible, obeying spirit. Father, thank you that the effect of faith is to instill within us an obedient spirit, one that desires and one that demonstrates that you are real, that you are alive, and that everything that you've promised, all the rewards that you've offered, are worth our obedience today. So God, we make a commitment afresh to you today. And I pray for those here this morning as well that, that are really struggling with that commitment, whether that's the choice they're going to make. God, I pray that you would help them step over the line into the family of God. They wouldn't just know about God, but they would know God because they placed their faith in the one and only Son who we know is Jesus Christ. And we pray in his name. Amen. Amen. Before we sing, I, I want to tell you, if, if, if you're here this morning and, and you're not sure that you've got even the beginnings of faith in your life, there's always an opportunity for you at Hope Chapel every single week 
to sit down with somebody and say, I just want to talk about faith one-on-one. I, I, I want to talk about, you know, the, you can see me, I'll sit down with you. If for some reason I can't do it at the moment, I'll, I'll point you out to one of our elders who would be glad to do that. And there, there are some great people who would have no greater desire than for you to walk out of here this morning with everything that you need to know in order to be able to establish the kind of faith relationship with God that changes your life for now and for forever. So don't leave this place this morning if that's what you desire without talking to somebody. Let's stand and sing again. And then we'll move into the final phase of our service this morning.